I'm Marine veteran Pat Keplinger, and this is the Everyday Veteran Podcast. Our mission is to educate, motivate, and inspire you, the everyday veteran, to live your best life post-military service. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy this episode. Tonight, we have special guest, Nikki Wilkinson. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Good. It's so glad that you came on. I really appreciate your time. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? And what we'll do is we'll leave your military spouse part till a little bit later. But let's talk about you know your background, where you grew up, and where you're from. Okay. Um, so my name's Nikki. I grew up in California, Southern California. Um, background, I went to school in Southern California, college in Southern California. Um, currently, now I work in Oceanside at a local community college, Miracosta. If any of you all know that college, boop, that's where I'm at now. Um, and I work in veteran services. So I work every day with active duty veterans, dependents, spouses, and we really focus on helping our military affiliated students kind of like attain their educational goals. Um, a big portion of our students are transitioning military, so a lot of veterans who are looking to kind of make that transition from active duty life into, you know, whatever, um, whatever it is that they want to go into. Um, and it's, it's, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, so it's, I really enjoy being able to speak with our veterans and, you know, kind of help direct them down the path that they want to go into after, you know, being active duty. And let's talk about how you got here. Because one of the reasons why I asked you to come on tonight is because you are a military spouse and you are. So tell me a little bit about who you're married to, how you guys met and and where you're at right now. So I'm married to uh, my husband, Mike. He has been in the Marine Corps almost 17 years now. Uh, We met through mutual friends, just a casual hangout. um, My girlfriend was dating his best friend. And so, you know, hanging out kind of thing. Um, that's how we met. We've been married for about six years, been, you know, together overall for about nine years. Um, and he was stationed on Pendleton when we met. And a little bit after we got married, we got orders to Okinawa, Japan. So we recently just came back from Okinawa, um, spent three years over there, really gorgeous place. Um, and He's, you know, planning on hitting his 20 years out here in Pendleton. So, yeah, three more years. Three more <laughs> years think, and you guys are done. I think. We, we'll see. But that's the plan for now. Um, but, yeah. So so growing up as a little girl in Southern California, did you ever think that you were going to marry a Marine? No. I honestly, I did not. It didn't even cross my mind. I do remember, you know... As, as a teenager and in college, one of my goals in life was to travel the world. And I distinctly remember, you know, when Facebook first became popular back like in 2004, 2005, I had posted on my Facebook status that my goal was to travel the world. And someone had commented on it saying, marry someone in the military. Um, and so I always kind of think back to that because actually being married to my husband and being stationed overseas, um, really, you know, I think we've traveled to five, six, seven different countries, um, in Asia while we were stationed out there. So I, I kind of think back to that back in 2004 or five or whenever it was. And I, it makes me laugh because here I am married to the military and 
I, I have been able to travel a lot. So traveling the world. Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, we hear a lot of folks who get stationed over in Okinawa. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. What were your thoughts on it? And when you first got those orders, you know, what, were, what was going through your mind? Um, so when we first got those orders, I was working a job um, in Vista, California. And, you know, I liked it, but it wasn't a job that, you know, I wanted to work at forever. So I'm always up for an adventure. Again, my goal has always been to see different parts of the world. So when we got orders, I was stoked. I was excited. I was ready to go. Um, I was, I spoke to anyone and everyone that I that had been out there and kind of like picked their brain on their experiences. And they just told me really, really great things. You know, the food is great. The beaches are great. The scuba diving is amazing. The people are friendly. So I was, I was hyped up. I was ready. You know, I think I started packing. I was just ready. Very excited for it. Um, we got there and it was beautiful, super humid, um, really amazing place. And pe people were right. The beaches were beautiful. The food was amazing. The locals were probably the nicest people I've ever met. So that, those were all things I really enjoyed. But I, you know, as I uh, spent more time there, I think that I realized a lot of people didn't mention all the other stuff. And when I say all the other stuff, it's being across, the, you know, across the world, away from home, away from your friends, um, being put in a place where you know no one and it, and, you kind of feel a little bit lonely at times. And I think it's something that a lot of spouses don't talk about. I don't think it's addressed enough in the military spouse community. Um, you know, the idea of living abroad in this like exotic different place is, is fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to post pictures on Instagram and Facebook. But I think kind of behind the scenes, a lot of spouses struggle with that feeling of missing their family, feeling of loneliness. Um, you know, a lot of times, like in my case, my spouse is gone a lot. And so when we moved abroad, it was kind of just me and my dogs, you know, we don't have children, which, um, also kind of takes me out of meeting other, other parents because, you know, with children, you're able to connect and, um, do activities that center around your children. I struggled a lot with uh, honestly finding friends, finding a, a group of friends that I could you know, go to when my husband was gone or spend time with when my husband was gone. And so I think, um, that was kind of like the not so great part about Okinawa. Um, but don't get me wrong. I absolutely met some, some really great people. I think just, it took me a while. It took me a long while actually. Um, but I did make some good friends and I do think that that is kind of one of the really great things about being in the military community is you meet people that can relate to you on, on, in so many different things, you know, um, and not saying that being in the military community is better than not being in the military community, but absolutely the friends that I've made, the other spouses that I've made, um, they understand the feelings of loneliness or, you know, missing my husband or, um, you know, kind of that feeling of, ah, you know, we got orders. Now what? My world's kind of been, you know, flipped upside down and the stress and the anxiety. And they can also relate to like the joy and the happiness too, you know, when, when your husband's coming back from a deployment, kind of all the things that spouses do, you know, we fix our hair and we bake his, you know, make his favorite food and all that. So, um, you know, there's, it's, it's good and bad, yeah, but mostly good. <laughs> so a lot to unpack there. Uh, yes. <laughs> you're, you're, your family back here in the United States from mm -hmm. Orange County, so close to Camp Pendleton. Yes. 
Yes. You, I know you have some some brothers and extended family close. Tell us about a little bit about the makeup of your family, and you know, are you guys really close? And then, you know, what was it like for them when you said, "Hey, I married a marine," and then, "Hey, I'm moving, I'm moving <laughs> overseas for three years." What yeah. was that like? Well, so I have three brothers, um, and you know, we are about three years apart. All of us, I'm the oldest. We've always been really close. That was something that my uh, parents instilled into us at a very young age. Like, these are your best friends kind of thing. We hung out together, you know, until we reached the age where, you know, I wasn't, or they were cool enough to hang out with me and vice versa. Um, but we've always been really close. Um, when they found out that I was marrying someone in the military, I don't think they, it wasn't anything crazy because we were still stationed in Pendleton. So we were still, you know, within an hour away from where they lived. Um, once we got orders to Okinawa, that was a big deal because, you know, before it was, you know, we'd hang out on weekends and go grab dinner and do things together as a family to not being able to see each other even monthly. Um, so I know my mom struggled a lot with that. Like I'm her only girl and her and I are very close. Um, so that was rough, but they actually came out to Okinawa and visited. So, and we traveled around the Philippines cause I, my parents are from the Philippines, so I, I was able to share that with them and they were able to show me where they grew up, which was cool. But, um, I think it was a little, it was a little rough for my parents and my brothers. I think it was a little more rough for me just cause I was the one that was overseas, but yeah. And, and you were on Kadena or what, what, uh, base were you at over there? So we lived on Camp Shields, which is a CB base, but it's it, technically it's part of Kadena. So okay. um, it, it falls under Kadena. Um, and then after about a year and a half there, we moved off base to a place called Kintown, which is next to Camp Hansen, if anyone is familiar with kind of Okinawa. But we were able to live off base, and we lived um, a block away from the beach. So it was it was cool. I missed mm-hmm. miss that place. Was it hard? So going to a foreign country, being a, a spouse, your husband is in the side of the Marine Corps that deploys quite a bit, right, on last minute's notice. Um, and so, you know, you're there by yourself, but you're you're in that military community. And then you move off base. So when by the time you moved off base, did you have a good network of friends? Was it a little bit easier at that point? Yes and no. And um, the thing with being friends with anyone in the military is you form these really awesome friendships. And then in a few years, they leave or depending on when you meet, they leave in a month. And so I, you know, it did take me a while to meet friends. And a lot of that was just being comfortable with going out and kind of just hanging out with strangers and, and feeling confident in that. Um, and I did, like I said, I did make good friends. But they all left at different times. So um I mean, I had a Facebook network because we all kept in touch on Facebook. But luckily, when we moved off base, we moved into the local community, but our little block was all um, military, American military. So what was awesome about that was we all kind of became like the husbands and the wives and all and everyone else's kids. Uh, You know, we all just became kind of like this crew. And, you know, we'd hang out, have barbecues, we'd have bonfires at the beach, and we'd celebrate, you know, Memorial Day and Veterans Day together. And whenever someone's husband was gone for training, you know, we kind of, it was just, you know, you kind of, everyone says, find your tribe. So that was kind of like our little tribe. Um, so 
It w- I mean, they weren't part of the network I had initially made when we lived on base, but they became my network once I moved off base, and we still keep in touch, like, even till today. Actually, I was just texting with one of the girls who's still out there, so um, it's pretty awesome. She's still in Okinawa? She is. Actually, um, she's leaving, so she's probably flying right now or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> what was it like for every day? you know, just getting around the island? Um, did you have a car? Were you able to, you know, commute and, and do those type of things? Yeah. So in Okinawa, you um, you take a driver's license test, which is you learn all the signs that are different than our signs in, in Japanese. But um, if you pass the, the test, you can drive legally. And um, you, we, I had a car, the steering wheel is on the other side, um, but I had a teeny tiny little I think it was a Nissan, um, but the roads in Okinawa are really tiny. So the smaller the car, the better, because you can kind of off-road, I guess, and kind of get to different beaches and hikes and stuff. So I did have a car, um, which is great because, you know, I could I could explore on my own. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then you got orders to come back to the United States. Yes. Were you a little excited? I was actually really, really excited. Um, you know, my family's here. Um, I miss the food here in California. I miss like the tacos and um, just like the really good Mexican food. Because if anyone has ever been to Okinawa, they will tell you the Mexican food there is not so great. It's it's good, but it's not like California, you know, like those street tacos. Um, but I was excited and I was ready to come back. But you know, what's funny is. I'm a Sokonawa now, so it's kind of a little the grass is greener on the other side type thing. Um, I'm glad to be back. There, I, I find myself missing Okinawa more and more and kind of thinking to myself, like, oh, I should have done this or I should have, you know, maybe appreciated this more while I was there. Because I do, surprisingly, I do miss it um, a lot. So, what, What's some advice that you would give some families that are going out to Okinawa I mean, because you, you said you kind of have regrets and things like that of things you wish you would have done. What's some advice that you'd give families that are moving out there? So families, um, well... Or even uh, just single married folks? Oh, well, for families, I guess for both, like just expect everything to change. Uh, like in in that, you know, I think a lot of families go there expecting things to be similar to the States. It's not. There's a lot of... Um, Last minute changes, um, housing is different. It's there's language barriers. Food's not the same. The, the commissaries there are very limited. Um, so things like that. It just expect things to be different, um, and maybe just keep an open mind and and just kind of go the flow. Um, for like a single spouse, maybe no kids, and even spouses with kids, it's, it's the same to me. I think, but get out of the house. Um, there's a lot of social groups on Facebook. That's kind of the main way everyone communicates. Um, meetups and stuff, go. Even if you're shy or tired or you're like me, kind of just like, I don't know if I want to be around people I don't know. Um, just go out there because I guarantee you, I promise you, everyone else out there feels exactly the same way. They're nervous. They're lonely. They they want companionship. Um, and they're probably just hoping someone like you shows up so that they can, you know, form some sort of bond and a friendship. Um, I think for me, it took me so long to get out of the house and go to these events that it, it, I could have probably made more friends and made, and 
felt not so alone a lot of the time. Um, and what was holding me back was just, I was shy. And so, um, I think that, that would be my advice. Expect things to always be changing, be open-minded and go out, go out with people, go, go on that hike, go try that new restaurant, go eat ramen, you know, take your kids to that event, like just go because everyone out there, I think they're hungry for that connection because they all have, you know, they all left their families. They all, their husbands are all, or, you know, spouses are all gone. Um, they're training or they're busy. And so just, just get out there. I mean, people are pretty awesome. You know, you just kind of have to put yourself out there. Great so. advice, Nikki. Great <laughs> advice. So do you think that the that the the people that didn't have a good time or that totally hate Okinawa are the ones that just didn't go put themselves out there and try new things? Yeah. Uh, yes, to some extent. I mean, I know that if you were to ask me if I liked Okinawa, I, I, if you asked me while, if you had asked me while I was in Okinawa, I would say no. But now I'm like, oh man, you know, like I said, I missed it. I do talk to a lot of people and it really is, yes, I loved Okinawa or no, I, I totally hated it. Um, and I think for those people that didn't like it as much, it probably was just the conveniences of the United States are there, you know, like Target and Trader Joe's and Costco, um, Amazon. Yes. Tacos, tacos, definitely. Um, Amazon, you know, they don't do prime where they deliver in one to two days. Um, but then it is, it is hard because it's not just like meeting up at a Starbucks. It's like, it, it's kind of hard navigating. There's language barriers, getting places. Some people don't want to drive out there, which I understand because it's, it's, it's kind of scary. Like the roads are not like here where there's lines and, and things like that. So, um, it could have just been like, they just felt uncomfortable and maybe afraid and, and, you know, didn't put themselves out there too. So it's, it's interesting that you say that you're, you know, you were shy because I know you as being so outgoing and charismatic and, and putting yourself out there. And, um, so it would be, it'd be kind of really interesting to see the Nikki, the shy Nikki. So I was, I was shy. And, um, you know, when I started going out to events, it, it was, all it took was one event where we all met each other. I remember we met at um, the mall, the big mall out there. And I was so nervous because it was almost like, a, like, a first, like a blind date in a way, you know, we were just like, Oh my gosh, are they going to like me? Are they going to think I'm weird? Um, and so I remember being so nervous and everyone kind of just, you know, we all slowly showed up and introduced ourselves. And there was a, there was that awkwardness in the beginning of like, okay, Hey, like I need a friend. Um, but once everyone just started talking, it just kind of all became really natural, you know? And, um, it ended up being, you know, we, we hung out that day and then later on it was, you know, Hey, want to go try out this new coffee shop or, Hey, do you want to grab lunch? And it, it just, it just became easier. I felt kind of silly afterwards for being so shy and was kind of kicking myself for taking so long to do it. Um, but I was definitely I was shy, <laughs> really shy. And now you're back in the United States, back at yeah. Camp Pendleton. And when you were coming back to the States, how was that move coming back? You had folks move you, right? You had your, your dogs with you, had to go probably through quarantine and, mm -hmm. um, you know, all that stuff of just packing up everything and, and moving back to the States. Were you, were you ready for that coming back to the States? And you know, how did you prepare for that, for that move? 
So we received orders um, like in the middle of COVID, the first year of COVID. So um, and I believe we were originally supposed to fly back from Okinawa June 2020. Our orders got pushed back. We ended up coming back in September. Um, so, you know, that was kind of chaotic with flights getting canceled and changed and having to reschedule household goods, um, the movers, and then finding if anyone has a pet and they're flying to or from Okinawa, that's just a big headache in itself because, you know, there are limited spots for your pets. Um, so I, I was as ready as I could be. I just kind of my own personal rule for the military is just be ready for everything to get canceled or changed. And I just personally don't really believe anything until it's actually happening because things are always constantly changing. So I think keeping that mindset, especially with COVID and all the unknowns at that time, um, that helped just kind of, it kind of helped me relax a little bit, but I was as ready as I could be, I guess. Where'd you get your first tacos? Oh my gosh. I went to this little hole in the wall. Um, it, it, it's an Oceanside. It's just called Alberto's. I don't know. They're all over, but it's just a little yeah. chain. Um, but yeah, that's where I got my first tacos. And they were perfect. They were greasy and cheap and delicious. So Just like you remembered them? Yep. They're awesome. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And, and you came back to the States uh, employed, right? So yes. you you had uh, gotten a job prior to coming back to the United States. Talk Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have been working uh, since I was 15. And back then, I, I don't even know if that's the case now, but I needed a signed letter from my parents saying that I could work because um, I'd go after high school. And I, had to, you know, I was in high school, I was 15 and I had to be, I, I couldn't work past 9 p.m. I think was a lot at the time. Um, and so being in Okinawa was the first time I didn't work. So I was there, didn't have a job. And so when I found out we were moving back to the States, I was ready to work again because I'd always been working through, you know, high school, through college, after college. I'd always had a job. Um, and I kind of, you know, I liked that financial dependence. In Okinawa, I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, and I was ready. So I researched, um, MCCS online for Kent Pendleton. And, um, I saw that there was a workshop through the family member employment assistance program for me. Um, they were giving a workshop on interviews, job interviews. And so, I mean, I still get nervous with job interviews, even though I've done, you know, enough, I've done a handful of them, but you know, who doesn't get nervous a little bit, right? But I decided, hey, you know what, let me sit through this workshop and kind of just like refresh with my interview skills, which actually ended up being really cool and a benefit because um, I actually interviewed for a job with that program that I was taking the workshop for. Did I say that correctly? Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I did a FAMIP workshop. A couple weeks later, I saw that there was a job opening with FAMIP and I applied for that job. So the person that was facilitating that workshop actually interviewed me for the job. Um, and I was offered the position before I even flew out of Okinawa. So I came back to Camp Pendleton and, you know, met with MCCS HR and started working, I think like a month after we, we arrived. So I was employed and I was very excited. I was employed. You're employed. So MCCS is Marine Corps Community Services. Why don't you explain a little bit to the folks what FAMIP is? So FAMIP is a Family Member Employment Assistance Program, and it's a program that helps 
our military spouses find jobs, look for education opportunities, um, and kind of just prevents that there presents them with resources to kind of help them either go back to school or find a job or do training. Mm -hmm. And you took a workshop online in Okinawa that was an interview workshop, right? And so that that's one of the programs that they have. Um, you'd said that they prepared you for your future job. What are some of the other workshops that they have? And is it person is it all in person or is it is some of it i mean obviously it's some of it's virtual but um how, how does that work so all the workshops at the time when i took the, or when i the workshop i took was virtual um i was in okinawa there was a time difference and everything um i actually woke up really early to attend the workshop but the other workshops that they have so i did the interview interview workshop which is really great to be able to practice one on uh, well, one on Whoever's in the class, um, it's it's good to practice with people. It also kind of exposes you to the common interview questions that you do get. So it's nice to feel prepared. I think it helps to boost your confidence. There's a resume workshop where they'll help you put together a resume or kind of tailor it depending on what you need. Um, there's a social media um, workshop which focuses on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, you know, for me, it's a great way to network with employers. Um, so that's always great too. Mm -hmm. And um, did you, so you not only use the programs, but now you're working. Um, what was it like to give back to your community, your, your tribe? Um, you know, it's great. I think for, for me, it meant a lot because I, I just remember myself just feeling kind of like, ah, oh, what am I going to do? Where do I go? I, I, I have nothing right now. And kind of feeling almost um, like hopeless isn't the word, but, you know, sometimes you kind of feel like, ah, oh, you know. Um, so it was great to be able to just interact with spouses. A lot of times they'd call kind of in a panic or stressed out or just frazzled and it, you know, just being able to calm them down and provide kind of like, Hey, this is what we can do. Here are your options. This is what's available to you. And just kind of hearing that relief in their voice. Um, you know, that was, that meant the world to me. Cause I remember being on the other side, you know, being on the other side of that phone call with that same panic, like, ah, what am I going to do? Um, so I'm glad I was able to give back to our spouses and, I mean, I still advocate for, um, for me because they still do really great things for our spouses. So, and even though you're not working there anymore, you're a spouse and you, you're eligible to, for all those programs too. The great thing about FAMIP is that it's, it's there for the spouses and for the family members. Right. And I, th I think that there's a picture of who spouses are. Most people think that when, when you hear spouses, you think of a female, um, married to a male Marine. Um, but as we know, the Marine Corps is full of men and women, right? And spouses are different, right? So we have a lot of male spouses and female spouses. Um, did you, did you have a lot of male spouses that would come seek help too? Yes, we did actually have a good amount. Um, you know, majority of them were female, but we did have a lot of male spouses as well. So and so, do you think that they had some of the same issues in terms of connecting or is it, do you think it might be a little bit harder for male spouses to connect? To connect to other spouses. Oh, oh, um, um, I don't know. I, I, 
I, I would, I don't know enough to say yes or no to that. Um, I'd imagine so because just because, you know, male spouses, it's a smaller population than female spouses. Although I know in Okinawa, there was a male spouse group, like a social group. So, um, so there, there was that, but I'd assume, I would assume that it, it might be a little bit more difficult. So let's, let's talk about Mike. Uh, and, and what he does in the Marine Corps. I know you, you can't really say what he does, but, um, tell us a little bit of, about his job and, and how that affects you. Um, so Mike's job in the Marine Corps involves a lot of, he's gone a lot. Um, you know, he's deployed quite a few times. If he's not deployed, he's usually training or he's somewhere where I can't, I can't always communicate with him constantly, you know, um, even with te like text messaging, phone calls, um, emails, there are times when, you know, he'll say, you know, if I don't respond for a while, just know that it's cause I can't. Um, when we first started dating and we first were married, even like that was really difficult for me. And it still is. I mean, of course I always want to know that he's okay or he's safe. Um, but that was probably, a, I mean, it still is, like I said, but that's always been a big, big thing for me. Um, not always being able to communicate with him. Um, you know, when he deploys, if he's on a ship or on, on a mew, a lot of times communication can just cut out and it'll just be out for who knows how long, a week, a month. Um, so that's always scary for me. I don't like it, but it kind of, it is what it is. I, you know, I can't really do much about that. So um, I do know that whenever we're in situations like that, he'll always, if he's able to, he'll send some form of communication. So um, it does throw me into kind of like a stressful panic. Um, you know, the other spouses, I'm sure, feel the same way any spouse would if you're not able to just know that your spouse is okay. Um, but he's always he's okay, which I'm thankful for, and I'm grateful for every single day. So, mm -hmm. And are you pretty close to the other spouses in, in the unit as well? Um, yes, I'm close to some of them. Not all of them. I haven't met all of them. Um, but the ones I do know, yeah, we're close. Like, we stay in communication. It's, it's kind of a nice network, you know. Um, a good support system for whenever they're away for too long. So, and then you have your family that is just a little bit north of you, right? Yeah, they're close. So, usually, you know, I'll call them or text them or go over to their houses or they'll come to mine. So, I that's my favorite thing about being back is like my family's right there. So, it really does help a lot with when when Mike's gone. And so what are you up to now? I know that you're, you you'd mentioned that you're working at uh, the college. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I work at uh, Miracosta College and in veteran services. Um, so we, our department really just kind of helps veteran students or military affiliated students. So spouses, dependents, veterans, active duty, um, go to school. And so whether it's using their tuition assistance or spouses are using my CAA or the GI bill, um, or any, you know, the GI bill or chapter 35 benefits, we help, we kind of just help them start using those benefits. Um, so it's great. I love it. We have a cool veterans lounge. It's not open right now because of COVID, but we've got couches and video games and kind of just a place for our military and veterans to hang out. I'm, you know, I think with COVID, you know, hopefully with how things are going, we'll hopefully open up again soon and be able to do things in person. And and there's a lot of benefits for spouses. Um, 
and and a lot of spouses and family members don't even know about those those benefits. Um, who at your school is like that go-to person? And maybe it's you that knows all those benefits and and that can say like, hey, this is what you're you're um, you're capable of doing, or this is what you're allowed to do, or or whatever. Who is that person? I would say it's probably that's me and the department I work for. Um, so veteran services and any school that you go to, they, they, there should be a veterans um, department there and they can kind of provide you with the resources that are available to you. So for, to answer your question at our school, that'd be me and my colleagues in my department. You guys are the experts. Yes, we're the experts. And if we don't know something, we'll, we'll find it out for you. So what is the number one thing that you've like the your most favorite thing that you've got to experience being a military spouse the traveling but that's just because for me that's always something i've wanted to do but i you know um i don't think if we were if i wasn't married to someone in the military who received orders to okinawa i don't think i would have seen all the countries in asia that I was able to visit. Um, so my favorite thing is really just the travel and then the different people that I've met because the really cool thing about the military is everyone, it's so, it's diverse and people are, you know, especially living in Okinawa, um, you meet a lot of people just from other countries because we, in Okinawa, it's not just the Marine Corps, it's the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, um, and the Marine Corps. So you have people from all over. Um, and I've met some really cool people. So, Probably travel and the people I've met. That's my favorite. So what's next for you guys? Well, um, so my husband has gifted me his GI Bill. And so with it, I'm able to go back to school. So I am, I actually just was accepted to a nursing program. So I am going to start nursing school in January. So that's what's next. And by the time my husband retires, if he does decide to to get out at 20. I should hopefully be a licensed nurse, crossing my fingers. And so um, with that, who knows where life will take us? Who knows what he'll do after he retires? And I mean, I'll, I'll ideally be working as a nurse, but that's what's next for us. School and retirement for him. Yeah. And what's the school you're going to be going to for nursing? Cal State San Marcos. It's in Great San Marcos. School. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. That's awesome. And the nursing program is three years? It's uh, two years. So it's an two accelerated years. bachelor's program. So I have my bachelor's previously. Um, this is a program that's specifically for people who already have a bachelor's in a non-nursing field. So oh, okay. it'll be nice to so, nice you other students in my same shoes, kind of. Yeah. So, so going back to school is going to be a big change for you then. Yes, it will. It will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nikki, any parting advice that you have for spouses out there? Um, I, you gave some great advice earlier about just, you know, stepping out and, and kind of getting your, getting out there. Uh, what about um, any other, any other advice you have? So my advice for spouses is just to get out there and then don't be afraid to talk about any feelings that you have. Um, I know that military life uh, can have its ups and downs. And I think it's really important to just reach out to friends, family, your spouse, and just, you know, voice the feelings that you're having. Um, a lot of times it can help a lot and then just enjoy the ride. 
Well, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you for what you do as, you know, supporting your active duty husband. Um, I, I think you gave some some great nuggets of wisdom for all the spouses out there and the family members. So thank you so much for Thank your time. you for having me. Take care. Bye. Good night. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we hope you got some value from this episode. If you're not already, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a comment. Also, head over to our YouTube channel for additional content. Just search The Everyday Veteran. If you'd like to be a guest or have a topic you want us to cover, email us at everydayveteran1775 at gmail.com. That's everydayveteran1775 at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Facebook at Everyday Veteran. I will also leave links in the description below. Semper Fi.